1: Hey, welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. It was actually Phil Collins' 72nd birthday yesterday. Chris, Chris Markey had sent Chris uh, McCarthy and me a text um, uh, letting us know that, and I appreciate that. Um, so happy birthday to Phil Collins. Uh, Chris McCarthy will be back tomorrow, but I'm joined now by a special guest co-host, Jared Valenzola. Uh, Jared, how are you? I'm well, Marcus. How are you? Thanks so, for having me. So, J- uh, Jared, for people who listen to Justice Show on Saturday from one to four, and if you don't, I think you should. Uh, for people who listen to Justice Show, they, they've probably heard you. You've uh, you've guest hosted with her a couple of times, uh, and you've just been a guest on her show before. But for people who are just being introduced to you now, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
2: Yeah, absolutely. In uh, 2020, I was elected Plymouth County Commissioner, uh,
1: mm-hmm. so I serve uh, this.
2: South Coast through Madapoysed. He's Marion. a Republican. I am a Republican. Marion, Madapoysed, Rochester, the South Coast part of the uh, of Plymouth County, mm-hmm. all the way up to Hingham and Hull. Um, but before that, I've spent many years in Republican Party circles. I worked in the State House for former Senator Bob Headland. Now the mayor of Weymouth also worked okay. uh, for Representative David DeCoste for a brief time up there as well. Um, I am the national committee man for the Massachusetts Federation Young Republicans. Okay, and for the last five years, I have had the pleasure of hosting my own program on another station that is out of range from WBSM. (laughs) Yes, Uh, so that I can I can give that plug without giving the call signs. But um, I've I've been in around and involved. for about 20 years, I joke my first volunteer campaign was Mitt Romney for governor in 2002, which for some folks on the Republican side, that might get me uh, might get me harangued and ran out of the party
1: these days. It wasn't but. that long ago where Mitt, Mitt Romney was the savior of the republic, right? right? Exactly. And for, for Republicans, right? In, exactly. in 2012. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's amazing how that changes. So I've, yeah. uh, I've had a lot of fun. I, I enjoy coming around and appreciate being down here tonight with you, Marcus, and uh,
1: yeah. looking forward to the next three hours. Should be fun. So, Jared... Um, you heard our, our friend Jess uh, on with Howie uh, in the in the last hour, a couple called in a couple times to give up yep. updates on this mass GOP thing. I want to start by saying, and I've said this multiple times, that I think Jess and Howie have gotten in front of this before the state, the rest of the state did really, right? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of it because of their passion for the issue and a lot of it because of their, you know, on the ground Republican um, contacts. So... You, uh, you know, you're obviously very involved in the state Republican Party. You're a Republican elected official, one of the few. Um, although Plymouth County's pretty good, right? We have a little wall around us. Yeah. We,
2: there's, there's a, like, we, we get protected a little bit and we didn't have any losses.
1: Let's put it that way. Yeah, right. Because Sheriff McDonald ran unopposed. Correct. And uh, Tim, Tim Cruz, Cruz. yeah. I, yep, we had the debate here, here. yeah. Yep. And uh, he got reelected pretty soundly, I think, against a strong opponent. He was, who spent $150,000
2: on his campaign. At least. Uh, we also reelected my Republican colleague, Commissioner Wright. So another little tidbit for folks listening, the Plymouth Co- Board of Plymouth County Commissioners, is the only Republican-majority partisan elected border Commission in Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah, so we're lucky to have a little slice of Republican heaven in Plymouth County. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I, I always mention about it, and I know we might talk a little bit more about what we do there later, but... Yeah. One of the things that I think is important, it's interesting to be Italian. And actually, before I forget, I wanted to mention I'm a huge Beatles fan too. I met Paul McCartney. Phil Collins hates Paul McCartney, so that was an ironic answer. <laughs> I hate it, it hates him. Um, but one of the things that I think is important that we do in Plymouth County, and, and I think it's a testament to Sheriff McDonald, D.A. Cruz, Commissioner Wright, uh, the Republican reps in the county, Sullivan DeCosta, Demilia, Susan Gifford down here in Wareham, Matt Muratori, and Senator Patrick O'Connor, is I think. We demonstrate what decent... control. too, right? I'm sorry, normal, that's right, in Lakeville. Yeah. See, I always go by the Plymouth and the district. Name. Lakeville is Plymouth County. Lakeville is Plymouth County. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I didn't miss it. We used to have Rep Zaros. They took that precinct out of his district, though, in Plymouth. But one of the things I think that we hopefully demonstrate is what just decent common sense Republican leadership can look like. And I think hopefully, and I believe we do because we were all soundly reelected last year... Um, that I think we demonstrate that, what decent, honest Republican leadership can look like. And the voters in Plymouth County, thankfully, have returned uh, a lot of folks to
1: positions
2: uh, that otherwise have been lost across the state.
1: So... There's this infighting going on in the Mass GOP that you've been following. You have a relative that's been very involved in it. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so for people who don't know about that story, your cousin, Lindsay Valenzola, she's up in Central Mass. like ex- Lives F- in Wales. Lives when, in Wales. And when
2: people ask, where's Wales? I just
1: found out that town existed and, right now.
2: And when people say, where is Wales? I say, it's next to Holland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Central yeah. Mass. Yes. Um, and... She okay. was kicked off the state committee uh, briefly Damn by man. by the chair, Jim Lyons. Day after the
2: election, uh, so was it was November 8th was the election. Mm-hmm. November 9th, he sent a letter to her declaring her seat vacant because he deemed her to not be a resident of Wales any longer, no longer in the district. Uh, she, she's been working uh, back and forth between Newton and Nashville, Tennessee, uh, so she spends a lot of time in Nashville. But that said... Um, Chairman Lyons, unfortunately, arbitrarily decided her seat was vacant. He went a few routes. He went to the Board of Registrars on the town of Wales, mm-hmm. who would not say she's not a registered voter. Her car is registered in Wales. Driver's license is in Wales. She votes in Wales. Mm-hmm. She pays taxes. So, I'm not sure where they thought they might be able yeah. to get her eliminated based on all of that. I mean, she's posted on social media that she's been in Nashville. I've posted on social media that I was in Tampa Bay last month. I mean, people yeah. go away. So, um, if you're paying taxes in the town, you're yeah. a resident. Right. And, and, and. Um, and
1: your house is there. Right. You're, you're a resident. Yeah.
2: Right. And I mean, in, in residency, I mean, you could kind of drive a, a, a cruise ship through what residency in Massachusetts is. Bottom line is she votes there. She lives there. Um, it, there's I, really know, no other threshold for it. And in, in,
1: I lived in Bridgewater for a year. I, I was never a resident of Brid- Bridgewater. Right. Because I went to college. There. I know a lot of people <laughs> that do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot yeah. of
2: you. We both know a lot of people that live in one place. They don't change it. Right. Whether it be for college, maybe. Yeah. Maybe nope. it's an apartment, I, and frankly, not to even be facetious, but a lot of times they do it for their car insurance, right? Yes, it's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> cheaper yeah. to insure your car in the suburbs than in the city of Boston. Of course, so, uh, so they they don't do that. So I, I think it's unfortunate. I, I think it encapsulated for me, uh, aside from having the the relation, you know, family relationship with Lindsay, it more encapsulated just taking that part out of it out. Like, why are we spending time on this? You know, one of the things that disappointed me, and, and I'm not usually overly critical of the mass GOP, because I just. I exist to do my own thing as a county commissioner in some of the other positions I have on the local level in the party. But he spent $800 on a private eye to investigate where she was living. Uh, two years ago, I got a bill from the state Republican Party for $300 for a phone bank system that I lightly used. So yeah. one of the – and I remember I quipped with the party at that time. Well, what's the point of running in the party if we're not getting data and resources at our okay. – if i got to pay for it, I'm just gonna source – Just do it yourself. Just do it myself. Yeah. And it's disappointing for me to say – to see I paid $300 for services that had otherwise been provided to candidates before, mm-hmm. but the party has more than enough money to spend $800 to investigate where a state committee member
1: may or may not live. Yeah. My own thing with the PI stuff, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of – Like, I can kind of, I can kind of sympathize with, and not, not totally, but, you know, if you're in a position of political power and there are people that are coming after you Mm -hmm. wanting to find out about them, right? Oh, yeah. But, and I can also sympathize with investigating members of opposing parties that you want to beat. That's, you know, a lot of that's oppo research. Right. I think getting into the familiar, the, the, the the sex life of Maura Healy was a little (laughs) bit dirty. If they had found something salacious, you know, they probably, you know, I, I guess they would have been fair game to run on, but I think it was still a little dirty. It was never going to work because people, I don't think very, really care what Mort Healy's right. doing or not doing. Um, was you know, that with-
2: going to make up the the million vote Delta? I mean, I don't,
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I doubt right. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a know? million votes. That's so yeah. many votes. Right. I mean, <laughs> one million. Know,
2: Rep Deal got a million less votes than Charlie Baker in 2018. You know, yeah. I. I I don't. I don't know what looking into Mari Healy's sex life was going to do for for that cause. And yeah, you look at you know we were talking off air about Rep. Lenny Mera up on the North Shore lost by one vote. Mm-hmm. I don't think the special House committee's ruled on him yet, but there was another seat in Middlesex County Republican nominee lost by seven votes gone. And and, and you know Marcus as as a Democrat they were encouraging a write-in and, uh, and Jim, uh, Jim 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 Lyons they were. Um, well, I don't know if Jim had his hands on that it was Rick Green who was his finance chair's parents that re- encouraged that write-in and that Republican writing same thing, circle exactly Yeah, um, you know plausible you know birds of a feather um, yeah. the parents of, of Rick Green who's a big finance uh, person uh, encouraged that write-in and I think one of the weird things that's permeated the Republican Party especially in Massachusetts but I see it nationally too as, as, as a national committee man on the YR's is like, well, we're better off losing. We're better off getting in the fight and, and making whatever it is our principles are. And if we lose, whatever, at least we made our point. So many people now seem so hell-bent on just making a point. Yeah. And I, a lot of people will say to me, well, you don't make any points. We don't see you commenting on social media or anything. I don't make a point. I have t- two meetings a month. Yeah. That's where I make my point. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's and that's
1: where we lead. That's in, where you've been entrusted to govern. To govern. Yeah. Um,
2: I, I can make all sorts of statements it doesn't change anything right. and i think that's the problem that's been permeating the party for so long in this state especially because we've been in such a micro minority
1: i was just thinking about phil collins for a second actually um because you said he hates paul mccartney and i'm just imagining sort of being famous enough and being in a position where you can hate paul mccartney <laughs> yeah, <all laughs> isn't that right. kind of
2: wild it is isn't it well it's it the story goes see i could talk music and mm-hmm. sports too the story goes McCartney and Collins met at – and I, I forget where it was, but Collins thought McCartney was disrespectful when he said, oh, look, hey, it's little Philly uh, here to introduce – like little Philly wants to meet me or get my autograph, and yeah. Collins did not appreciate him calling Philly. But I did watch, and there's a great version. I don't know what it's from. Um, but it's McCartney doing the Abbey Road medley, Golden Summer's carry the way at the end with Phil <laughs> Collins on drums. So maybe it was at that event that Phil Collins got insulted by McCartney, but McCartney of all of them – Nobody hates Paul McCartney, right? yeah, like, right. across the spectrum, everybody loves in music, celebrity says he is a very, and I've met him. He's a humble, down to earth guy. So it is
1: bizarre to think that yeah. like, somebody out there hates him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Phil Collins hates him, which is funny. That is funny. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, so Jared, and by the way, guys, 508-996-0500, uh, Jared and I are going to be here all night. We want to talk about this uh because it's going on now, I know Jess is live tweeting it. We're going to track that. I know Jared, you've you've got your I've
2: got my little birds. there. You've got
1: people inside that meeting, so we'll be able to get like live- Paris and go uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> we'll be able to get. Never saw it. Ah, oh, you saw know what? It. I would say you're missing it. The last two seasons are awful. Well, so here's the thing. Here's here's my look, my Game of Thrones rant. Okay, so I didn't. I watched the first season. I didn't care for it very much. A lot of people said it gets a lot better. I never got around to watching the second season, third season, et cetera. But during that time, people were on social media just posting incessantly about it, and it got annoying. Like, oh, my God, his name is Holdor, and he holds the door. (laughs) Like, you know, just stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, guys. So it got annoying, and so I – I just sort of stayed out of it. And then people were telling me that it's just because I'm a contrarian and I, I like to I like to I like to bother people and I like to, you know, throw stones and all that. And some of that's true. But um but you know, I, I just I couldn't get into it then. And then when I heard the last two seasons were terrible and it ended terribly, I'm like well, now I'm never going to watch it. Once <laughs> they lost George
2: R. R. Martin's source material, because he hasn't finished the book, so I have not read yeah. the book because he he hasn't finished the series. Yeah. Once they lost the source material, yeah. though, it, it went way downhill. I would say I think you would like it because there is a lot of political intrigue, and I think for yeah, me yeah. that's what really hooked me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also a huge fan of Amelia Clark. She's my future wife someday. She doesn't know <laughs> that yet, but I'm a huge fan of hers. Her acting, she's a
1: great actress. Uh, yeah.
2: And and. Her character arc, particularly, and maybe why I hate the ending, or really just... I heard it
1: was just straight up
2: character assassination. Of her. Of her character. I mean, the the growth that they... You know, you took such great writing, and you took her character in particular, and transformed... And now, granted, I would have maybe accepted her character arc at the end if it didn't happen over the course of, like, two and a half episodes. Like, (laughs) if you gave me a season or two... Of it, fine, but not two and a half episodes where she's been the breaker of chains, the of, Like the entire character arc has been progressing to this more benevolent queen, and then all of a sudden she goes nuts. And she goes nuts, everyone. right? Yeah. It's like mm, I would have accepted because Targaryen. If you're, if I'm getting super nerdy now, but like that's what happens in their bloodline. So like you'd accept that being sort of her fate, but not over not after two episodes. Like yeah, if you gave me a year of it, maybe. But uh, but no, I think you'd like it, but. um You know that's so that's that's why it's just ending ending
1: poorly. So, um, so back to Jim Lyons, (laughs) (laughs) Paul McCartney, Phil Collins, Game of Thrones, Jim Lyons. Lyons. Um, uh, so back to Jim Lyons, he hasn't been effective. Obviously, you guys in Plymouth County were able to secure those key victories there. You didn't lose any seats. It is the most competitive congressional district uh you know i remember politico um had had a um had had a reporting on that that you know keating's district is the would be the one that republicans could win um you know i, I like jesse brown as a person he came in here he was nice uh, wasn't the strongest candidate against uh, congressman keating i think if there were a stronger candidate maybe i still think it's it's a pretty tough sell um but a lot of that has to start with, even if, like, let's say Keating retires, the seat's open. It's a huge opportunity for Republicans. Right. Right. And Moore Healy's probably there for eight years, realistically speaking, unless she runs for Senate, runs for president or something like that. She's real. And then still you have Kim Driscoll. Right. There, So that administration, this Democrat's probably going to be there for eight years. So there's an opportunity, I think, to build a farm team, you know, that's and that's where you got to start. You got to start at that level. Right. And so what are you looking for going forward that you didn't see in this cycle?
2: Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, you know, I mean, first to Bill Keating, you know, he's he's never lost. I mean, no. and credit to him, he's never lost. and He's a force. And yeah, yeah, and I I don't think he ever will. His, I don't think so And he's earned that. You know, I mean, politics is... You know, People think that politics and public service is something of – it's still marketing at the end yeah. of the day. When you've been elected to something for 50 years, you're going to have that name ID. Um, I, what I would really like to see, and in, in a, in a shout-out to my friends in Taunton because I think Taunton is, is a good start for what we can do statewide on top of building off of what we've been doing in Plymouth County, is we have so long neglected – local municipal races mm-hmm. and these are the races that matter these are the races that are important and i point out taunton, taunton has a 9 member city council six of them are registered republicans their mayor of course is sean o'connell yeah. a, a republican mayor um so a lot of opportunity there for them to run that city and again much like what we do at the county level in plymouth is demonstrate what decent conservative Republican leadership can look like Mm -hmm. and really create that brand. I think the biggest thing that the Republican Party in this state has an issue with is branding. And whether you're on Lions side or anti-Lions is irrelevant. The bottom line is voters are looking at it and saying, I'm not trusting you with my vote. I don't care how good of a candidate – Uh, Jared Valenzuela is, although I won, but other candidates up and down the ballot, they're they're not going to trust their vote to you if the party is in such a disarray and offers such poor branding, and it doesn't have a point. Like, what exactly is the point? I mean, you mentioned it at the top. People don't care about Mara Healy's sex life. I don't. I don't care about anybody's sex life. So, I I, I least of all the governors, you know, so I I don't care about hers, and yet the state party made an investment in digging up dirt on it, and You know, would it be a little more interesting if it was with subordinate employees, perhaps? But none of that was ever found. It it never came out. It was never found. So what I would really love to see a concerted effort, and look, I've said this a hundred times over the last 10 years I've been involved in GOP politics. If I were given carte blanche to run the mass GOP, I would identify the top 10 state senate seats in the top 20 state rep seats and then for 10 years i wouldn't run a single candidate for state rep or state senate in those districts i'd be running selectmen candidates school committee candidates City yes. or town council candidates, yep. because the beauty of that is, you know, you run two or three candidates, you get them elected, you see how they are as candidates. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can hack it, maybe they can't. People, sometimes people look good on paper; they don't translate on the field. Look at Ryan Leaf in nineteen ninety eight. Looked great on paper, sucked as a quarterback. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so right. sometimes people look good, and then they just they get there and they don't know how to perform, and that gives you a chance to further filter it out. And I think that Republicans would be wise to do that, and then you just start focusing on. Then you have your candidates, you have your bench to be able to run, stay rep, state tenant. I wouldn't run, if it were me, and I mean it's the last thing I'd ever run for in my life in this state anyway is Congress. I wouldn't run a single candidate for Congress, which might sound wild and revolutionary as a Republican, but to your point, Bill Keating, the, the, the ninth. You know, Rep. Keating's district is the only one that we have even somewhat of a shot at, yeah. and that, even that's a long shot. Yeah, you know? right. So, so we're wasting our time, spinning our wheels, running against Ayanna Presley in a Democrat plus forty three district. I mean, why <laughs> right. would we do that, yes. Jim McGovern? Like, it's not happening. It's a waste of time <laughs> it's and just resources. Not happening exactly. So that that would be my perfect world. I don't think that's going to happen, regardless of the results tonight. No. Uh, it's certainly, unfortunately, you know, I think Chairman Lyons has talked about the grassroots. I'm not sure it's really been um, executed, but you know, that's that's where we're at right now.
1: We're getting an update now. Taylor Cormier, uh, executive producer of the Harry Car Show, who's also a WBSM alumnus, he uh, he sent me um, uh, the update from Jessica Machado. Uh, so. There were the vote totals right now. Just for people who are who are, who are paying attention to this, Amy Carnivale, who is uh, expected to, well, is the is the primary challenger. Uh, our uh, our former sheriff here, Sheriff Hodgson, supported her. She's gotten a lot of support. She got 34 total votes. Jim Lyons got 33 total votes, and Liz Childs, who is the um, I guess, you know, the also ran got five votes, so she's going to get kicked off the ballot and then Jim Lyons and Amy Carnavale are going to go uh, are going to face off, but it looks like it's going to be fairly close uh on that one. So um you know, there's the if those are the total people that are voting, then those five votes are going to make the difference.
2: Those five votes will, and um, you Yikes. know, I don't. I mean, I you know, it's interesting. There are people that have speculated on on who these votes are. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I know one of the women that nominated um, that nominated uh, Liz Childs. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't say where. I, I guess the only thing I would have to think is obviously that is on its surface thirty nine votes against Jim Lyons. Yes. And that is thirty-nine votes not for Jim. And I will say too, um, you know, letting See, Lindsay vote broke that tie because it was and I walking in knew it was thirty-three thirty-three. Letting Lindsay vote brings you to thirty-four. So it's gonna be interesting to watch where those votes go. Um That's that's Or if they abstain. If they abstain, much like the Speaker of the House vote, it starts lowering the threshold. So if, if they, they abstain if they abstain, I my understanding is it will lower the threshold for election. Yeah, so it's
1: going to be the, the majority of the people that voted. That voted, so...
2: Huh. I mean, it'd be interesting. It's hard to beat incumbents, so it'll be interesting to see... Um,
1: to just see. with the way everything's gone, you just think, you know... You, you lose the sheriff's race down here, right, in a close election. A 25-year sheriff, mind you, too. We talked about people sheriff. not losing. Yeah. I mean, talking who's about beaten brand. Who's beaten series opponents before? 25 years. And, and Paul Rover were in a great campaign, but... You lose a 25 year sheriff. You lose those two uh, uh, Cape um, County seats. The uh, the Cape and Islands DA, who that was a Republican seat for 50 years since it was created. Since it was created by uh, by uh, what's his name Murphy, Phil yep. Murphy, yep. and then uh, what, what's his name um, O'Keefe was Phil Murphy's first assistant yep. DA, and yep. he ran. So that's been in basically the same Republican administration for 50 years, and then his deputy ran and lost. And lost pretty, I think lost pretty handedly. Yeah. The county sheriff's race was a little bit closer with Tim Whalen. It was a state rep. Uh, that was a little bit closer. But then Tim Whelan's seat went to a Democrat. Yeah. So you lose all of any, any, any uh, cape seat that was up for, that was open was, was lost. Not to mention the two state rep losses there. Um, A close Senate election in in, um, up uh, over in like Needham, Norfolk County area with Becker Roush and Sean Sean Dooley. Dooley, Yep. And and now it looks like it's going to be fairly close. Is this I got to before we take a break, I got to ask this question. Is this a Trump thing? Is this a Trump versus never Trump? Or is it, um, my understanding is Amy Carnevale is is okay with Trump. She has a picture, she's floated a picture of, of her with him. So is this, this isn't really a Trump versus a never Trump thing, is it?
2: No, in all honesty, I, I think there are some that are making it that. Um, yeah. But that said, Jim Lyons was a Ted Cruz delegate in 2016. Yeah. So for anybody that's holding out based on that, I, I don't think it is, at least on this state committee level vote, I think it's... It's Jim has a lot of loyal supporters, mm-hmm. and I will give them credit. They are very loyal to him, and he's been very loyal to them back too. So, yeah. so Jim Jim has been able to cultivate a lot of those, and in 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 a lot of ways, again, there are a lot of people who appreciate the noise, and he makes a lot of noise, yeah. and I, I always attribute a lot of what a lot of state committee members do, banging pots and pans. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're making noise, you're not doing anything. It's like me banging pots and pans and saying, well, I made dinner. No, I just clapped a bunch <laughs> yeah. of pots and pans and like I didn't get anything right. done, and, and that's not to say Jim hasn't gotten nothing done, but you know, you just go through the losses. That's just in the area, especially on the Cape. You know, The only thing I might be able to give an excuse on the Cape results is a lot of folks with covid moved there working remote so Mm -hmm. maybe the demographic on the cape has changed uh in a way that we as republicans weren't weren't prepared for but you know we've been unprepared look when i ran in 2020 i know we to get to a break but when i ran in 2020 i had a plan for early voting and vote by mail in my own race and every republican top to bottom was like oh what are you doing that for we don't vote by mail i'm like well there's like Fifteen thousand Republicans in Plymouth County that voted earlier by mail in the primary, so I'm going to assume they're going to vote early by mail in the general. Yes. People don't change their habits usually, and I reached, I, I had a concerted effort to reach them, and I won my race by ten thousand votes. I yeah. think if I had ignored those voters, you know, I made the joke. Once you're done voting for president, make your way down to the bottom of the ballot and yes. vote for me. Right. Well, last in the ballot, first in your heart. You know, something could <laughs> be like that, but it worked. It yeah. mattered. We're going to take a break. We'll be right
0: back. Download the W.
1: I thought Phil Collins would be a good play. Love it. Underrated song. I like Phil Collins. I like Genesis. No, I. I he's yeah. obviously great.
2: One of the greatest drummers of all time. One of the few that can sing and write music.
1: Yeah. No, he's, I just really like the song. It's better than, the movie's fine, too.
0: It's from oh, Tarzan.
1: I would probably, Invisible Touch is probably my favorite song Is. Oh, we'll play that next. Nice. I don't know why it is, but it is. So, uh, we're here with Jared Vanzo- uh, v- Valenzola. Sorry. <laughs> That's Jared Valenzola. Better our, than what I usually call our special. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> our, special- <laughs> our, special, uh, our special guest host for the evening. Uh, if you want to message us on the app chat or you want to give us a call at 508 996 0500, I'm actually getting a message from the audience now um, asking basically. Uh, Asking about your, you know, what do you think of of Charlie Baker's performance and is he the model of what you want to see going forward?
2: Um, I I would give the governor... Uh, a, a governor baker, a, a decent grade. um you know, ideologically, I'm more conservative than him, so mm-hmm. there are certain policy points I disagreed with him on. um but I think that is the current statewide model. I mean, that's how he was elected. It's how Romney was elected. You know, mm-hmm. then Romney was a chameleon and became conservative nationally. and now I don't even know what he is as He believes in nothing. um yeah. but Paul Solucci was fairly moderate. Bill Weld was fairly moderate. Um I think that that is the statewide model. I think there are pockets where, more Scott, ide- Brown too, even. Scott Brown too. Scott Brown as well. So I think there are pockets where ideologically conservative Republicans can and have one. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's small pockets. It's not going to be a statewide translation. The bottom line is you need to attract unenrolled voters to vote for you. And they're unenrolled for a reason. I always liken people registered in the party generally. And I know this is a very broad generalization. But if you are registered in the party, you're invested in the party. But by and large, in, on either side, but by and large, you tend to skew. One more toward the right or more towards the left if you're in the party. Mm -hmm. When you're outside the party, there's a reason you are. And I think running a very right wing candidate, unfortunately, in Massachusetts isn't going to translate to success statewide. And I, and I know the exact retort. Well, Mari Healy's very left-wing. Well, it's a Democrat state. Yeah. I give the example of Texas all the time. Look at several years back when Texas ran Wendy Davis, right, oh, the God. state senator, yeah. Um, against, was it Rick Perry back <laughs> it then? Rick Perry. It was Rick yes, Perry. Yes, I remember that. Democrats in Texas believe we need to run a dyed-in-the-wool progressive liberal because we are we can't win these we can't win these statewide races because we're running these squishy democrats well then you ran her and she lost to rick perry by over 20 points or yeah. again beto or stacey abrams so it's it, it happens in other
1: states just on the republican side it happens to us here well with wendy davis i remember her she was a state senator her claim to fame was the filibuster yes yeah and she had a she had like a Twenty hour, whatever, twelve hour. long a very long filibuster, right. and I remember she famously wore like Nike, like sneakers instead of like you know the the high heels or whatever un- uncomfortable dress shoes right. that people would wear if they're if they're in the if they're in the state house, and she had this long like filibuster. I think it was about abortion, but um, and then that was sort of her state. Then she kind of rode that to a, a statewide platform, but it didn't work out right. very well. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I think to the to just tie
2: up the last the the question. Um, The biggest thing to remember is Charlie Baker would have been, I think, a different governor and he would have governed differently if he had a veto-proof minority in either the House or the Senate. And you can look no further than Bill Weld's first two years when he had a veto-proof minority in the state Senate. So he could veto legislation and those vetoes would be upheld and that allowed for more friction. Charlie Baker talked a lot about friction in state government. Mm -hmm. And I've often said... I sum up Charlie Baker very broadly. He made awful things bad, right? (laughs) You know, at least from my perspective as a Republican. So, But if he had a veto-proof minority in either chamber, it would have been a much different story on the way he governed because he could have vetoed things. And Democrats would have had to
1: have played more ball with him because they would not have had the votes to override it. There was also a certain point where that veto-proof minority was a little bit closer – um, when there were like seven or eight senators yeah, there, right? they were seven. So they needed a couple, just a few more, right? Probably. I think you had to
2: get to 14, what's two-thirds of 40? Mental math. And there's nothing better on the radio than math.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so still close, a lot closer than now. Where, yeah, where you need where about 14
2: senators. 14 senators. Halfway there. Yeah, they were
1: halfway there. In and the and, House, I think it's 54. Mm-hmm. And you, we were close to 40. But all you need is one chamber. Right. the Senate, the Senate would yep. be the Senate would be probably where that is, yeah, in terms of making uh you know as you said uh awful things bad, um, you know, based on your definition of what's awful and bad. Yeah, right? Um, this might be different than yours, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think the grand Bargain's a good place to look uh, where, you know, basically there was going to be a ballot indi- uh, referendum that was going to make $15 minimum wage like the thing that was going to happen immediately, like they were going to act on that. Right. And Charlie Baker had said, wait, hold on. Let's get everybody together. Let's sign a legislation that gradually increases it over time. Not a fan of that personally, but that would be a situation where which he did that also the police reform bill that a lot of people don't like um in the republican side and a lot of law enforcement officers don't like either he did he was able to make some changes on that based on his um based on his and i think he might have had some support from more mo- uh, moderate democrats oh he that. did yeah
2: the police reform bill especially he did and he knew he had the numbers that yeah. he could work with to to, to- to get that done. Yeah. Um, so, to that end, I mean, look, and, you know, and there's very specific things that I could, you know, say about the governor, especially as, as it relates to county government um, that I, I'm more optimistic for Mara Healy, but, you know, from her with county government than, than Governor Baker. But, yeah. But I think overall, whether you liked him ideologically or not, you know, I know it's a hard reality of, you know, Republicans in Massachusetts, they're having this conversation tonight right now mm-hmm. but republicans in massachusetts really need to have a hard look and a hard conversation about what it is that we are going to be and and being honest with ourselves i think so many of us and i was i was guilty of it for many years too are not honest with where we are where we live yeah. what that means to voters you know yeah. Massachusetts if they see offices and names they don't recognize they're going to default to voting for Democrat that's just the way it is in Oklahoma they default to voting Republican <laughs> you know that's just
1: that's just the way well, it goes apparently your cousin Lindsay's getting cheers uh at the uh, at the uh at the meeting now right she now she
2: votes uh yes apparently well because they are onto the second
1: ballot yep they're onto this they're onto the second ballot so um you know we'll see how that goes uh there's a couple of our state committee members there, um, a couple of our state committee uh, members uh, there from Bristol County, uh, um, from this because it's by Senate District. So, um, uh, Jill Usach and, and Brock Cadero are there. Uh, we know Jill Usach, uh, who was a Ward 3 candidate a few years ago, was an Bedford School Committee member, yes, yes. still works for the sheriff's office. She voted for... Um, she voted uh she's she's not voting for jim Lyons. she made that very clear so she's she wants to see the party move in a different direction yeah in fact when she ran for ward three city council about six years ago in that race that hugh dunn won she got an endorsement from uh from charlie baker he'd written her an endorsement gave her an official statement on that so pretty um pretty pretty interesting stuff we'll see
2: there uh, was there was an investment i mean i I will say this I, i I have friends in both – and I hate saying both sides of the party because it just seems inherently ridiculous in a party of 9 percent registration that we have two camps. Um, but I have friends on both sides and a lot of them have rolled up their sleeves and done the work. But I I, I look at results. I just mm-hmm. look at the results and you mentioned it before. We had seven Republican state senators not too long ago. We're down to three now. Mm-hmm. You know, they can carpool together in a compact, car, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. At least before they needed a minivan. So, <laughs> you know, and, and even in the House side, I mean, we were close to forty. Yeah, I think now it's down to twenty six to open this session. So it's it's um it, it's hard to watch for me. Like I I poured a lot of time into so many local races in Plymouth County. yeah. Um, And so for me as a Republican, it's just disappointing across the board, all of it. And I think the truth, no matter what side you're on, the truth always lies in the middle of of all of these conversations. Um, But I I think on its surface, um, saying you want to run for chair one more time so you can execute a $5 million lawsuit because you didn't like that people said things. And granted, there was one person who said terrible things about Jim that never should have been said. So Mm -hmm. I don't, don't want to lump that in, but the rest of it, I, I don't personally see how that's a decent use of our time, our, our, our activism. And, you know, I, I think somebody made the co you know, comment, well, the mass GOP can do these lawsuits and still run the party and run candidates at the same time, but they, they can't, we didn't win anything last year. <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. So I, no, you
1: can't, unfortunately, for whatever reason that is, I don't know, but y- you can't. So um I got another message. Uh we'll we'll uh we'll take a break and then uh we'll we'll get to that actually. We've got to take this break. We'll be right back.
0: New Bedford's news talk station, 1420 WBSM. Nonprofit Marcus McCarthy, South Coast tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm here with uh, special guest host Jared Valenzola for the evening. 508 996 500 The song just actually came in. One of my one of my favorite, probably <laughs> my favorite Bill Collins. Well, this is Genesis, I know, but
2: great song. Oh, well, All right. So I'm trying to think of how I could <laughs> tie that into the mass GOP talk. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thinking lyrically, like how that, how that could tie in, like Jim Lyons reaches in and grabs hold of your heart. Like, I don't know. Or Amy Connival has literally in the-
1: just <laughs> literally grabs it, pulls it out. Uh, um, so, so Jared, we're obviously tracking the, the, um, you know, you have, you, you've got your sources inside. We have yep. uh, WBSM's Jess Machado and who's been doing an excellent job on this story, really leading the conversation. I think she Nashville, really statewide. has statewide. Yeah, and so, um, so we're we're still we're still tracking that. Uh, they're they're counting the ballots now, so we're gonna know who the chair is for the Mass GOP. I did get a message from somebody in the audience asking, uh, who do you prefer for the twenty twenty four presidential uh, race, if anybody?
2: Oh boy, um, you know I honestly haven't made my mind up. I've I've always liked Governor Haley, Nikki Haley, out of South Carolina. She just declared. Did she declare? Mm-hmm. She's officially in. I'm pretty sure. Um, Certainly, Ron DeSantis uh, as well is an option. Uh, I've always been a fan of Mike Pence. I think, luckily, on the Republican side, Mike we pence have... Mike pence got no shot. No, I know. Um, I think on the Republican side, we might have a small embarrassment of riches once we get by, you know, the the elephant in the room um but you know my preference you know my preference is anybody would be better than joe biden that's running okay. um you know i'm not dancing around this because i'm elected i'm dancing around it for other reasons <laughs> but um certainly I, I no, i get it yeah but i i, I I've always been a fan of Nikki Haley. I think she was a phenomenal governor in South Carolina. I don't Carolina. know if she's
1: declared specifically, but I think it's one of those things. kind of, yeah, which is yeah. which is more or less a declaration.
2: Now, what I do think is interesting is rumor has it Chris Sununu. I might was just going to ask you
1: about Chris Sununu, Governor I love of New Hampshire. Chris
2: Sununu. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the bottom line is. There's a reason Donald Trump announced two weeks after the midterms or a week after. I forget. I think it was a week after, right?
1: To clear the field. To to try try and clear the field.
2: And, you know, if you're looking at certain folks like Chris Sununu, he doesn't want to move up into the U.S. Senate uh, for whatever reason. I think think it was twofold. I think part of it was he didn't want to deal with the primary. He didn't want to deal with the Trump factor on the national level in 2022. Also didn't want to wait to get things done. Um, So on the off chance he, you know, runs for president, I think because he's... I mean, he's been governor now six years. Yeah. Yeah. Will it be? So, you know, now's the time to strike. He's got
1: elected in 16. uh, He was. That's right.
2: So you're looking at it would be eight years be concluding in 16. So uh, and then with DeSantis in Florida, he's term limited. So for him the time is now. I mean, DeSantis is well, going to run well, and he will never be more relevant than he is right well, now.
1: Well, the, the only, the thing was with DeSantis too, it's a, it's a strike while the yeah. iron's hot thing, because right. if you wait too long, like, uh, Chris Christie waited too long, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, then, then something comes up in your, in your, and your hopes are dashed or people just more or less forget about you. So right. DeSantis is absolutely going to run. I think Kristen is interesting to me because he has a, I think he has a pretty good presence. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he, he didn't seem interested in all the stuff in Washington, like and I think he genuinely likes being Governor of New Hampshire. You've got an update. We have breaking news. Let's go. Marcus, Let's go. I have
2: this on authority from a state committee woman. Amy Carnival has been elected chairman of the Massachusetts wow. Republican Party, winning thirty seven to thirty four. What is interesting about this is three votes that voted uh, that voted for Liz, voted for Amy, one vote voted for Jim, one vote abstaining. So uh, we will have we as Republicans uh, will have a new chairman of the Mass Republican
1: Party, and that is wow. coming directly from a state committee woman. Do wait. So how many votes did you say? Thirty-seven, thirty-four. So Jim. So Jim got one one extra. Jim Lyons got one extra vote, basically, yes. yep. and, and the rest. Amy got three, three. three. So Amy Carnivalli is going to be the new chair. She is. She well, there will you be go. the new chair, so that,
2: that will settle that. It's morning uh, in
1: America again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we got to take this break. We'll be right back. Fourteenth uh, special guest host Jared Valenzuela, Republican County Commissioner, in, in, uh, in Plymouth. So uh, we just got that update. I saw uh, Taylor Cormier from the Howie Show, uh, Howie Carr Show, texted me uh, the same news um, that that uh, Jim Lyons is out, so there'll be new leadership in the state Republican Party. And, uh, you know, hoping to, you know, I, I guess recoup some of the the losses and, and move towards a, an electoral strategy that's effective.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, just to the outgoing chairman, I mean, it's sort of unceremonious how that goes right now. He's just he's done. You know, I, I, I give Jim credit for putting up the conservative fight. Um, Do you? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, a little bit here. Um, but it just. You know especially the last two years, I think of his of his chairmanship unfortunately, the results speak for themselves it mm-hmm. didn't it just didn't work and I, part of me wishes it would, but another part of me also thinks if I want good hardcore conservatism, I'll move to South Carolina so good point you know I, I, but you know so i i but I thank Jim for his service. it's not easy leaving the state committee I've had you know, friends and people that have been chairs of the state committee, and it's not an easy task or no. an easy job and Um, I wish him well and uh, congratulate him on on his tenure, and I congratulate Amy Carnaval on her victory. I think she's going to bring a certain temperament to the job that I think has been lacking. Um, You know, I was very close with Kirsten Hughes when she was chair, and I I think, you know, Amy will just bring a certain level-headed temperament to the job, and... uh,